Hey, what's up, guys? This is Box Office Brunch. We're your hosts. I'm David. And I'm Rita. And today we're talking about my big fat Greek wedding. Yeah. So before we get into it, our dear friend and listener, Rachel, was supposed to be on this episode. And then also our listener and my sister, Amanda, almost chose this episode, but ended up being on the 10 Things I Hate About You episode instead. And unfortunately, neither one of them could be on it obviously because Amanda was on the 10 Things They Hate About You and Rachel is working today. Also because Amanda doesn't live here. Right. But I'm saying she could have been if she had chose to do that instead. True. So I didn't realize this, but she told me that this was a movie that she and my mom went to go see together. So it has a special place in her heart. And I definitely remember my mom was a big fan of this movie. And I don't blame her. It's good. It's good. Yeah. And then nobody probably cares or remembers, but I have to clear my conscience. What? I mentioned in one of the previous episodes that My Life in Ruins was the sequel to this movie, and it is not. It just also happens to star Nia Bardalos. Oh, it's just My Big Fat Greek Wedding too, right? And the third one is actually coming out next week. We did not plan that. I didn't. Yeah. I'm not going to go see it. I didn't even see the second one. It was funny because I think I was in the theater with David, other David, when Mm -hmm. the trailer came on and he said, I didn't realize there was a second one. Yeah. There was a TV show too. (laughs) There was. I did watch the TV show for a little bit. My family really, really loves this movie. I was going to say that you might have more to say about this movie than I do because... I don't know for sure, but I imagine that your family experience is a lot more similar to this than mine is. Yes. Planning my wedding was kind of similar <laughs> in some aspects. Yeah. But I did see. So what? Well, I guess we'll talk about what year it came out and then I can tell the story. Okay. I'll wait. Okay. Uh, do we have any trigger warnings for this? I don't think so. This is pretty... I mean, the only thing is it could be problematic in terms of how it portrays Greek families. Oh, okay. I mean, just because we can talk about it later, but some some of the aunts, you know, yeah, just insinuating that they're stupid when they're Mm -hmm. not. Yeah. I mean, I think that for the most part, I don't know much about Greek culture and Greek American or sorry, Greek Canadian even because. This is about Nia Vardalos wrote this movie. She wrote it about her experience marrying a non-Greek. And so I just kind of have to take her word that a lot of this is pretty accurate and like true to her family. But I think as far as trigger warnings go, it is pretty family friendly. There's nothing really like, well, I didn't get offended. I can't say it's not offensive. I don't know. But I assume that it's. It seems pretty safe. Yes. And then for brunch, I made a French toast bake. It's pretty good. It was a way too much food, though. I'm not taking any of that home. Okay. Well, maybe I'll eat some more today. I don't I know. had two servings. You did. And I had four slices of turkey bacon. Yeah. So. I ate a lot. That was our brunch. And then I was thinking about bringing this up to you, and this is me doing... <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, we may just 
because we keep forgetting to do mimosas or just not wanting mimosas and stuff, maybe we'll save mimosas for like special occasions for like our Halloween episode or our Christmas episode. I don't think we're going to do it every week. It's kind of expensive to keep buying champagne and yeah. orange juice that I just let expire. If you guys want to support the cause, you can send us money for our champagne. Yeah. Champagne and cocaine. Yeah. It's a song. Oh. It's actually, that's not the name of the song. The name of the song is Doses and Mimosas. Oh, I feel like I've heard of that. I don't know the song, though. Don't worry, I'll make you listen to it at some point. Great. Anyway. <laughs> Get your shit. Let's go. this movie yes so this movie was released in theaters february 22nd 2002 at the that well, was a, that was its limited release yes i saw it then though oh right because then it was released in the united states april 19th 2002 now the reason i know that i saw it for is because it was my birthday oh party like my birthday party my parents took us to me and a bunch of friends mm -hmm. to this place called Cinema Grill. So it was like movie tavern. Yeah. It was the only place in Colorado that showed films and served food. Oh, cool. So it got us food. And then, yeah, we watched My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I just happened to notice that a lot of these movies, actually, a lot of these rom-coms came out in April. That's kind of like the rom-com time. So this came out April 19th, obviously. And then Never Been Kissed came out April 9th. And then 13 Going on 30 came out April 23rd. It's like Christmas movies. Yeah. But I guess it's like spring is like a good time for rom-coms, which kind of makes sense. All right. So budget, this is interesting. Yeah. Budget was $5 million. The box office was $368.7 million. Yeah. So. This was the one that I mentioned yeah. earlier about had an insane box office return. So it became a sleeper hit and grew steadily from its limited release. Despite never hitting the number one spot for a box office weekend and being an independent film with that $5 million budget, it ultimately grossed that $368.7 million worldwide, becoming one of the top romantic films of the 21st century. Yeah. The fifth highest grossing film of 2002 in the United States and Canada, and with a U.S. dollar estimate of $241 million it was a big number. And highest grossing romantic comedy domestically in history. Yeah. History. Yeah. I think it still holds that record to this yeah. day. Yeah. Domestically, it also held the record for the highest grossing film, never having been number one on the weekly North American box office charts. Yeah. Until the 2016 release of the animated film Sing. So Sing knocked it out. But I think that adjusted for inflation, this is still the highest. Yeah. This movie was huge. Like... It ran like 11 weeks past its like or original run date because it was doing so well. I think it ran longer than Titanic, which was the highest grossing film of all time. Yep. It, this movie was big. 
I, I had no idea. Like, I've loved this movie for a long time, and I had no idea that it was that huge. Yeah. So it's kind of a it, big deal. It is. And it has a great cast. So, yeah. Nia Vardalos as Fatula or Tula Portocalos, and then Christina Elisinotis as Tulet Six, and then Maria Zor. I can't read that. It's too far away. Zoroff, something like that. As Tula, age 12. John Corbett as Ian Miller. Ian Miller. Ian Miller. Lane Kazan as Maria Portocalos, Tula's mother. Michael Constantine as Costas Gus Portocalos, Tula's father. Andrea Martin as Aunt Vula. Louis Mandelor as Nikos Nick Portocalos, Tula's brother. Gia Cardia. Caritas as cousin Nikki, Jerry Mendicino as Uncle Taki, Joey Fatone as cousin Angelo. I can't see his also, name without thinking of that meme. It's like, oh, is one. that the fat one? It's like it's pronounced Fatone. <laughs> uh, he's in NSYNC, if you don't know. Best Miser as Yaya, Grandma, this as Athena Portocalos to a sister, Ian Gomez as Mike, Ian's best friend. Which was also Nia Vardalos's real life husband at the time of filming. He was the one that she wrote that this movie is based on the story <laughs> of like her marrying. Yeah. Unfortunately, they did divorce in 2018. Yikes. Sad. Bruce Gray as Rodney Miller, Ian's father. Fiona Reed as Harriet Miller, Ian's mother. And Jane Eastwood as Mrs. White, the neighbor. That's not Greek. And then. Keep your mother away from my roof. With the knife. And the synopsis is a young Greek woman falls in love with a non-Greek and struggles to get her family to accept him while she comes to terms with her heritage and cultural identity. It's also directed by Joel Ooh. Zwick, who Look did Fat Albert in 2004 and a, hey, bunch hey, of other, hey. and a bunch of other stuff that I've never heard of. And then this was written by Nia Vardalos. She did this, all the sequels, the TV show. And yeah, now this third one. Although it's really sad because the actor who played her dad actually yeah, passed away. Yeah. So. I think he's still in the third one. He's not. He's because not. Okay. she, in the trailer. It's she's, dedicated to him. Yeah. In the trailer, she says, my dad passed away and he always wanted us to go to Greece. I'm getting emotional. Just even talking about her. Oh, like, no. Yeah. It's so sad. Yeah. And, well, we'll talk about that when we get to the fun facts a little bit later. Okay. Let's see, Rotten Tomatoes scores. So this movie had 76% from critics, so pretty successful, and then 73% from audiences. The critics' consensus is, though it sometimes feels like a television sitcom, My Big Fat Greek Wedding is good-hearted, lovable, and delightfully eccentric with a sharp script and leading performance from Nia Vardalos. It's pretty shocking, right? What do you mean? Because I feel like a film like that would have just been annihilated on Rotten Tomatoes by the critics. Yeah, but I think... Oh, I don't want to get into it too much because I have like a note on my scores about it. And we can talk about it when we get to that point. Yep. All right. Anything else you want to mention before we get into the trailer? All right. Hi. Hi. Did you want to see some brochures? <gasps> Found him. When Tula met Ian, <laughs> she found her man. I just want to spend a little time with you. And he found. Yeah! 
her family. No one in my family has ever gone out with a non-Greek before. Oh! A respectful boy would come here and ask for my permission. May I please date your daughter? No! I'll do anything to get them to accept me. End it now. Playtone and Gold Circle Films cordially invite you. It's a mosquito bite. It's a zit. To the wedding of the year. She's ready. And the romantic comedy of the season. Mia Vardalos, John Corbett, Lainey Kazan, Michael Constantine, Gia Carides, Andrea Martin, and Joey Fatone. Ian is a vegetarian. He doesn't eat meat. What do you mean he don't eat no meat? That's okay. I make lamb. My big fat Greek wedding. We may be lambs in the kitchen, but we are tigers in the bedroom. Ew, please let that be the end of your speech. So yeah, that part specifically where the ants like, what do you mean you don't eat no meat? And it's just like, it's okay, I cook lamb. I think that that was kind of. Did like, you did you see the fun fact about that? No, but yeah, Nia Vardalos. I think even though she's Greek, I think people did get offended by that kind of stuff. So let me find it real quick. I do think that this is probably one of the more lighthearted and I don't want to say well-meaning because that makes it sound like some of the other ones weren't. But I I think that this is, I don't know, this movie is just like so, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. It just, it feel, it's a feel-good film. It really is. Some of the other ones have low points. I don't feel like this one has the same lows that a lot of rom-coms do where they break up and they're not going to be together. No. It It's kind of just feel-good all the way through. Yeah. And it's really funny. It does have funny moments, for sure. So, the fun fact is when Aunt Vula learns that Ian is a vegetarian, she gets a bewildered look and replies, that's okay, I make lamb. Nia Vardalos said this reflects the confusion that many Greeks have towards vegetarianism. During World War II, food was scarce, so Greeks subsisted on anything available. To them, a principle-based refusal to eat certain kind of foods makes little sense. Yeah, which I agree with because that's the same in my family. Yeah. My family would look at, they don't look at vegetarianism. They look at it in the same way because my parents grew up in the Middle East, so mm -hmm. it's like whatever is available. But I don't, my parents and Greeks in general, I don't think would get confused and then just say they're going to make you lamb. Yeah. I think that it's probably, it's, this might sound bad, so I hope this doesn't offend anybody, but vegetarianism is a very privileged thing. Just by nature, the ability to say, I don't eat this type of food and I can get the nourishment that I need from other sources and stuff is a very first world Right. Thing. Yeah. Because when you're in the Middle East, which like you said, when your parents moved over here, it was, well, I mean, still is in conflict, but you don't necessarily have those kind of 
options. Mm-hmm. You kind of just eat what you can and what you have. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that it's not upsetting that she said that she's confused by the vegetarianism. I think it upset people that were Greek. Yeah. That she would then say, well, I'm going to cook lamb because it almost made it sound like she, she didn't know what vegetarianism was. Versus like maybe she was just being dismissive of the fact that he was a yeah. vegetarian. Yeah. I never really, I always thought it was funny. It was a funny bit. It is funny, but, but, I, but I never understood it. I was like, oh, so do Greeks not consider lamb meat? Right. See? So yeah. you're like thinking like she doesn't realize that that's still meat. Yeah. When in reality, what Nia Vardalos is basically saying is, oh, well, no, it's just that it would confuse her that someone would flat out refuse to eat. That's really hard to convey in the film, I suppose. Yeah. So. Jesus, Mike, I'm just going <laughs> to hit it a bunch real quick. We got new mic stands, so we're still adjusting. Yeah. I'm actually vibing. Yeah, Rita's like reclined and everything, so she is living her best life right Versus, now. Versus, you know what, we were slumming it when we first... Hey. We, we had this we white doing. desk. David spoiled us now. Yeah. I was hunched over. I know, we might even start recording on the couch. That sounds bad. We might start recording the podcast from the couch in the future. Except you're just going to hear snoring from me. Yeah, Rita's going to fall asleep. So I'm going to fall asleep right now. Let's see. Bitch, you better not. Right? You. I can't carry this whole thing on you, my own. You brought me here. You fed me carbs. <laughs> what did you expect to happen? And then I taught you how to recline my chair. <laughs> <laughs> like, what did you expect to happen? She's got her feet kicked up and everything. Well, she that's is, mostly because of my shin. She is just a vibe right now. So, I got to stay awake until at least 730. Yeah. You didn't even finish the coffee I made for you. It was very kind of you. But once it gets, it's weird yeah. because once hot coffee gets cold, I don't want it. And once cold <laughs> coffee gets warm, I don't want I've it. I've talked about that with Amanda before. Where like for some reason when you're like hot coffee gets cold, it's just like there's a little hint of sadness in it. Yeah. It's just not the same. It's like what? Cold coffee's trying to get hot and hot coffee's trying to get cold. Why can't you just stay the temperature I made you? Exactly. And it's funny because I buy those. I buy specific mugs now. Mm-hmm. They're the Ray Dunn ones. Ray Dunn's that one that it says, oh, like oh, spoon. Oh. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, I do know those. But People I love, go fucking feral for those things. Really it's do. crazy. But I get the mugs because they're microwavable. Yeah. And they're huge. And I probably, when I'm home, microwave my coffee at least five times. Mm. Because it just... Oh, no, I drink mine fast enough, I guess. Hale has a temperature-controlled mug that will warm up and keep his coffee warm. He got it from Starbucks. Actually, our friend Gina works at Starbucks, and she got it for him for free because they were, like, discontinuing it. Does it work? Yeah. So why did they discontinue it? I don't know. I guess people weren't buying it, and it was probably expensive to make. How much was it? I don't know. Now I got to find this mug. Yeah. I'm sure you can find a other mug. ones. I'm sure they. I'm sure Amazon has them. I don't need any more mugs. No, me either. I want I'm trying more, to though. get rid of my mugs. I love coffee mugs. I drink my pomegranate juice out of coffee. PSA mug. for all my friends listening to this podcast, which is none. <laughs> Stop I'll buying list- me mugs. I'll listen to it. Stop buying me <laughs> mugs and. Start buying me blankets if you're going to oh, buy me something. Okay, I will always idea. accept blankets. That is a good idea. But mugs are really hard because then like when I'm cleaning out the mugs, 
I look at it and I say, oh, so-and-so gave me this. Yeah. I feel bad It's hard to get, it. get rid of them when there's sentimental value or when somebody got them for you. Whereas a blanket doesn't take up as much space as a mug. I think they take up more space. It's Not just really. the storage space is different. <laughs> you have more space for blankets. Yeah, and I can use like 12 blankets. Yeah. I have three Halloween blankets sitting in my house right now. Yeah, I'm sitting on a blanket right now that my Not sister made for blanket, me. But... No, it's a Harry Potter blanket. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. Anyways. Anyway, let's talk about those movie a little bit more. Do you have any specific like likes or dislikes? Okay, you want to hear a fun fact that's not a f- in that's Arabic. That's not very fun. No, in Arabic. So you know the part where he's talking at the wedding about mm-hmm. how portacalos means orange. Orange and then Miller means apples. Mm-hmm. And so it's like really we're just fruit. And Arabic is orange. Oh, <laughs> I didn't so, know. That. That's cool. So yeah, it's I mean it makes sense the languages are pretty similar, but Yeah. I've always just thought that that was... So that's a fun fact. That's orange in Arabic. Cool. But yes, this is a good film. The dad's my favorite part. Yeah. Is... Were any of the situations in the film reminiscent of your and Zach's courtship? Did your dad have a hard time accepting Zach or... No. It was... Because that seems like something that wasn't that never really seemed to be much of a thing, at least from my experience with your family, where they're like Arabics, marry Arabics and all that kind of stuff that, that, that never is really. I think old school mentality would say that, but Mm -hmm. I think my parents brought us to America. So they were pretty realistic about the fact that we might marry Americans and specifically we're Christian Mm -hmm. Arabs. So it's, a little bit different because true they more so cared that we married someone from the same religion than mm-hmm. really about whether we married someone from the same culture do you guys have is there a big arabic culture in colorado that mm, you guys are a part of no at all no because my parents i know you guys have like a lot of family around here yeah i mean my dad's whole side but my parents and aunts and uncles and stuff back home experienced a lot of religious persecution for being christian so out here it's not like that's a big part of the reason you guys moved here right yeah there are a lot of christian iraqis out Mm -hmm. here but the community is spread out whereas uh, the bigger community here would be muslim oh okay so it's just not something that they i guess really my dad was they were pretty open to Zach. They were more concerned that he was Catholic than really whether, and he is. So yeah, it was not a concern, but even with when my brother married my sister-in-law, they weren't like, she got baptized, but that was more so for my grandma. I don't okay. think my parents would have really given does him your, a hard time. Does your brother and your sister-in-law, do they go to church and stuff? Yeah. And yeah. the kids are baptized and okay. all that. So yeah, like that. So it was more a religious concern than a cultural, like, ethnic concern. Right. And there was no struggle about most of the stress for the wedding was literally just my mom wanting things her way. Oh, yeah. Kind of like the mom in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Going rogue and just deciding things and me being like, whoa, no, like, that's not what we're doing. Yeah. I wonder if that's like, it's just like a mom thing, though, right? 
Yeah, and like I mother think, of the bride kind of thing. And I think the cultures are similar in the fact that that they're loud, and yeah. a lot of their gatherings are food related. We're very similar in that sense. Yeah, which is why I think my family loves this movie because I think it reminds them a lot of us. Yeah, but I wouldn't say we had a conflict with that really. It was more just like the loud and yeah the. I used to tell people like my family is like my big fat Greek wedding because it's just easier to explain yeah. how Middle Eastern family is when you have a comparison like that. But yeah, yeah, obviously I haven't known your family for all that long, but yeah, I definitely, when I was watching this, because this is the first time I've watched it, I think since you and I've been friends and I was like, I can see some yeah. parallels. And yeah. so yeah, I wanted to get your input on that wanted to make space for you like to... my family's windex would have been gatorade oh like my dad anytime you had an ailment it was like gatorade like yeah. that's just what he would buy I, I i have heard that like the hispanic version of that is vix yeah and they just put Vic. oh wait no that's the uh, filipino filipino, yeah. filipino. Yeah, yeah yeah because it's joe coy talking about it yeah but my dad i mean you were sick even if you had a cold it was like he'd show up with Gatorade. I mean, it's probably not a bad idea. Probably the not. Electrolytes just... and stuff. If you're not drinking and stuff, I can <laughs> see the theory behind that. But Windex, I always thought was funny. I I really have to know if there's a fun fact about that because why I would she? One. That seems like I don't know. But again, yeah. you know my my dad would get sold on things working and buy a bunch of it, so. I get it. But Windex specifically, I don't know. So this says that not every Greek dad uses Windex, but they all they all tend to have their one thing that will magically fix everything. Yeah. Like and I think Hispanics probably that, have something similar, but yeah, it's just so funny how culturally there is this one thing. You wanna know what my, mine was? And you know, I'm as white bread as they come, like <laughs> <laughs> Not this is I don't think this is a cultural thing. This was just like a thing growing up. So whenever I was sick, whenever I had like a stomach bug or something and I couldn't keep anything down, or if I had a cold, and everyone says that this is so gross, but it's like I grew up with it. So this is just like the comfort thing for me is hot tang. Ew. I know. Absolutely. I know. No, but it like it it makes me feel better. Do you still do that? No. I mean, I haven't had a stomach bug since I was little, but knock on wood. Yeah. I do not want one. But yeah, it's, yeah, that was like, and for whatever reason, like if I was throwing up, that was like the one thing I could keep down. Ew. I don't know why. You're like, what's his face? Christopher Walken and Blast from the Past. Drinking your warm Dr. Pepper. Ew. Yeah. Dr. Pepper already tastes like cough syrup. Gross. He drinks it warm. Yeah, I haven't watched that movie in a while. That's a cute one, though. Brandon it is. That's a, that's a really good one. We should review that at some point. Definitely. That technically is a rom-com a little bit. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I would consider that a rom-com. We should have done that, but whatever. Yeah, we didn't think about it. You live and you learn. We can do that for our 90s one, for our 90s season. I don't know. I have a lot for 90s already. <laughs> like, a lot of ones that I We don't have a 90s about. season coming out anytime soon. No. Because spoiler alert, it's September 1st, which means it's yeah. basically Halloween. 
I would like to know if anybody has any ideas, if anybody listening has any ideas for some seasons you think would be good, send them to us, email us, boxofficebrunchpodcast at gmail.com. Nice plug. Send us your thoughts on on seasons. Obviously, we're not going to get to them for a little while because we've got, it's September 1st today. Happy September. Can't believe it. And so we're ramping up for Halloween. We're going to take a little break. This is our last episode of this season, and then we're going to take a break. And then we're going to jump into Halloween starting in October. And then after that, we're probably going to take another break and then jump into Christmas for December. Yep. So we've already kind of got the next couple months booked, but we do need more ideas for seasons in the future. So email us your thoughts. I do have, yeah. I do have a fun fact about the Windex, though. Okay. In the movies, you see Windex being used for everything, including washing the car. However, it turns out that Windex is never to be used for washing the windshield of any vehicle as it corrodes the fine mesh metal in between the glass. I had no idea. I've never, I don't think I've ever used it for that, but because you just use water and like dish soap or whatever, I don't know, whatever kind of soap you use to wash your car. Whatever's at the gas station. That's what I use or now. But like, I mean, if you're me some and you're spoiled by, by your dad because your dad details cars for a living, he just does it for you. Yeah. Let's see. Except he recently just detailed the car and I smushed a mosquito on the inside of my windshield the other, like a while ago. It's still <laughs> He missed a spot. I don't think he saw it, but yeah, I totally, it's because you can see it. It's like hanging because it's kind of dead. Ew, get a tissue or something. I will give you a paper towel today and you, you can, can get it off. You can come wipe it. No. It deserves to die. It was a mosquito. I don't doubt that. Mosquitoes. What's I'm the just saying, of them? why leave it on your windshield? I don't know, because I have other things going on and it's dead. So whatever. And I get to see it's dead carcass every time I drive. And I'm like, That's <laughs> it's like right. a, it's like a trophy. <laughs> yeah. That song is stuck in my head. The Oakum Bookum. <laughs> well, let's jump into some more fun facts with this movie, because I I don't know that I have any specific likes and dislikes. I like this whole movie. I think it's really funny and I don't really have any dislikes. The other thing is I just, in our culture specifically, I don't, you know how he's giving her a hard time about being old? You mm-hmm. don't really get that. Either. Oh, yeah. I did have a fun fact about that. So the character, Tula, is supposed to be 30 in this movie. Nia Vardalos was 40 when this was filmed. How old is she? I mean, this came out in... 2002? 2002. 2002. That must mean she's 60 now. What the fuck? Is that real? (laughs) There's no damn way. She does not look 60. She does not look 60. She was born in 1962. What the hell? She's 61. She looks like she's a vampire. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen her. Well, no, I saw the preview for... She looks exactly the same. She looks exactly the same. Holy shit. What are your secrets? Is it Windex? She's a vampire. (laughs) That's her secret, obviously. That's crazy. Yeah, I was surprised when I found out that she was 40 during the filming of this because, Jesus. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures of her now. She looks exactly the same. Wow. What I are can't. Your secrets? Well, so does John Corbett. Looks the he same. Lo- yeah, he looks really good, too. How old is he, I wonder? He's, he can't be much younger. No. He's 62. Are you serious? I'm serious. He looks great. Windex, Wait, are man. Are you serious? Yeah. I can't. Oh, he's married to Bo Derek. 
my you didn't know that my life is ruined right now because these people literally i look 30 wow bo derrick looks great and she's 66 i look 30 yeah we were talking about that last week about the well yeah that episode hasn't come out yet but it will <laughs> yeah people always think i'm the older sister in my life i don't think that's i don't think you look older than your sister what the oh I know, my god that's kind of mind-blowing i had no idea i mean even him being 62 he's in that sex in the city show and i don't watch it but oh yeah he, I was, see he was the nice one that carrie should have ended up with yeah but she ends up back with him apparently because he makes an appearance in the new show oh and he looks young. What was it? What's that show called? Like According and to just, Carrie or something like that? <laughs> and just like that. Oh, no. <laughs> According to Carrie. I don't know. All right. So this movie, <laughs> I, let's get off the age topic because both of our minds are blown and we need to get back on track. This movie was actually nominated for an Academy Award. It was nominated for Best Writing slash Original Screenplay in 2003. Wow. Yeah. It started as a one-woman play written and starring Mia Vardalos in 1997. So this was kind of like a long process. This was like The Greatest Showman. Sure. Except good. The Greatest Showman's so good. <laughs> I really can't believe you don't like it. I've never even I think watched it. That's We did a podcast <laughs> episode on it, Rita. I know. It, it was good. I love that movie. I I don't think there's anything wrong with you liking that movie, except for the fact that it's bad. The way you paused. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with you liking that movie. <laughs> well, I don't think there is anything wrong with you. You're perfect. That's a lie. <laughs> so, started as a play, 1997. It was eventually seen by actress Rita Wilson, who's also of Greek origin. Part of the reason that it was successful was because Mia Vardalos advertised it across like Greek Orthodox churches in LA. And so it was seen by Rita Wilson, who's of Greek origin. She then convinced her husband, Tom Hanks to see it as well. Why did you look at me like that? Tom Hanks. Oh, Tom Hanks. If I get him and Tom Cruise mixed up all the time and then I don't like Tom Cruise, so I'm always like, who the fuck cares what Tom Cruise thinks? The, you, made, you, you made that face. And I was like, what did Tom Hanks do? Do I not know? Is he canceled? No. No, Tom Hanks Never. is cool. Tom so, Cruise is, though, in my mind. That's fine. Just don't, I don't know. He might come get you. He might crash a plane into your house because he can fly a plane. I'm not that important to him. True. <laughs> so... Nia Vardalos began meeting with various executives about making a film version of the play and began writing a screenplay as well. However, the meetings proved fruitless because the executives insisted on making changes that they felt would make the film more marketable, to which Vardalos objected. Good for her. Fuck yeah. Fuck the industry. These included changing the plot, getting a known actress for the leading role. Marissa Tomei was considered for the role. Oh, wow. And changing the family's ethnicity to Hispanic, which can I just say that's so fucking offensive Why? that Nia Vardalos wrote this story about her culture and her family experiences. And they were like, yeah, but I think people would like it more if it was Hispanics. Like, that's just. I hate these fucking 
companies. Anyway, two months after the play's initial run ended, Tom Hanks's production company, Playtone, uh, contacted Vardalos about producing a film based on her vision for it. They also agreed to remount the play. Hanks later said that casting Vardalos in the lead role, quote, brings a huge amount of integrity to the piece because it's Nia's version of her own life and her own experiences. I think that, that shows through on the screen and people recognize it. Yeah, it is. It does feel like a very genuine film. Yeah, exactly. I, I want to talk about it a little bit more when we get to the scores. I have like a big blurb about the story. Yeah. How I feel about it. Anyway. In 2000, while in Toronto doing pre-production for the film, Vardalos and Playtone producer Gary Goatsman overheard actor John Corbett, who was in town shooting the film Serendipity, at a bar telling a friend about uh, having read the script for My Big Fat Greek Wedding and being upset that he couldn't make the auditions. Vardalos and Goatsman approached Corbett and offered him the part of Ian Miller on the spot, which he accepted. Dang. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. He so. is a good Ian Miller. He's a very patient man. Yeah. It does take a lot of patience to marry into the immigrant family. You can ask Zach. I believe it. And my sister-in-law, Alicia. Lots of patience. Yeah. Patience of a saint. <laughs> Zach is a very patient man. I would say. Yeah. And I think it was probably made easier because it's pretty obvious that he loves you a lot and cares about you a lot. And so I think for him, it's probably worth it. But it's so different because in this... Not for me, but I'm kidding. <laughs> it's so different because in this film, they're like, you know, Gus doesn't really care for Ian, but it's so the opposite. My dad prefers Zach, I think, sometimes to us. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I, I can see the bond that Zach and your dad have. It's really cute. Yeah, you walk in, I walk in the house and I'm like, have a snack. My dad's like, well, what about Zach? Did you get him a snack? And I'm like, who the hell cares? <laughs> Like Zach can get his own snacks. Yeah. I also have noticed that your family has a a more, I don't want this to be offensive, but it seems like your family has a kind of patriarchal view of how the family life should be. Whereas like you and Zach seem to have a much more modern oh, yeah. marriage. Yeah. So. I'd say so. Yeah, definitely. Rita Zach is the man. That's yeah. my dad. Like, fuck him. <laughs> not your dad. I know. I'm like, whatever. I'm like, not in our house. In our house, he's <laughs> equal. Yeah. So anyways. And then also, in an interview with the German magazine Cinema, Nia Vardalos mentioned that she initially hung up on Tom Hanks when he called because she didn't believe it was really him. <laughs> I would have done the same. I'm like, yeah, if somebody's like, this me. is Tom Hanks, you'd be like, shut the fuck up. Bye. Why are you <laughs> calling me? Did he call her back? I'm assuming so, because they ended up, Tom Hanks is a producer on this, and so is Rita Wilson, and then obviously Tom Hanks Production Company. But I also read that there was a lawsuit, not with Tom Hanks's production company, but with the distribution oh, yeah. company. Because, and the actors. Yeah. Except Nia Verdalos, because she had like a different deal. Yeah. But they were apparently using some like Hollywood money shit. So, yeah. What else you got? Oh, actually, this movie has like pretty good fun facts. I think it's one of the better fun facts. It's definitely of, of the rom coms that we've done. These fun facts are, are some of the better ones. I like this one. 
According to Nia Vardalos, paying for catering during the film proved not to be a problem. <laughs> whenever the film was being shot, whenever a local Greek restaurant learned about it, they would send over a ton of free food. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I love Greek food. Greek food is so good. Ooh, a good euro. <laughs> I wonder if that's actually Greek. Mm. I'm sure the ones that we are eating are not like yeah. the traditional Greek. They're, when they got french fries in them, you know they're American. Souvlaki, though, is Greek. Yeah. The chicken. And what was, what's the dessert called? With the, it's got like nuts in it and stuff. Baklava? Baklava, yeah. Because like her brother, when they're getting ready for the wedding, he's like, free baklava, and they turn and then he takes a picture of them <laughs> all getting ready. The men in this movie are funny. Yeah. They're kind of trolly, but. Oh, yeah. Her brother, I think, is so funny. Like, constantly telling Ian to say random shit. Yeah, that's so messed up. Yeah. And then when he's telling him that they're going to kill him if he hurts his sister. Yeah, I'm kidding. I got you, Ian. I got you. But I will kill you. <laughs> Ian, I got you again. And <laughs> Joey, when he's like, he's like, Ian. We're going to kill ya. Yeah, that whole protectiveness is a very interesting trope. Is it not not so much a thing in your family? No, like my cousins and stuff wouldn't really. I think I probably made a comment about Zach when you started dating. Yeah, my cousins. Like I could ever take him. Yeah, really. He'd snap me like a twig. He'd just look at you and you'd snap. That's true. I'm not a fighter. Neither am I. I'm a flailer. <laughs> You're a collapser. Yeah, exactly. So, let's see. Oh, I liked this one, too. The scene where Andrea Martin playfully grabs John Corbett's hair was ad-libbed. Martin had forgotten her lines, played with John Corbett's hair, to which Corbett stayed in character and played along. And then she remembered her lines and continued. Nia Vardalo said it worked out so well that they decided to print it and take it and use it. And that is not what it said. <laughs> they decided to print the take and use it. Buy it, use it, break it, fix it. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Is that a Daft Punk song? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, it is. Are we going to get copyrighted for that? No. We don't make any money off this podcast. No, because we don't even have the option. I haven't had the option to put the ad in for a couple months. What do you mean? It like doesn't have the option to add the ad. So there have been no ads in these last couple videos, but like how much money were we really making? And even the money that we were making, we couldn't even get. I don't like that. Doesn't matter. We might be switching recordings anyways. What? We might be switching recording programs. Oh my gosh. I'm learning so much about our podcast right now. To the Descript, the AI one. Oh, I thought that was- Because I think we can record for more than 30 minutes at a time with that one. Oh. Wait, but why isn't the ad working? We worked know. forever on that. <laughs> this is the one. <laughs> yeah. We messed up so many times. We messed up so many times. Anyways. Anyway. You so, give a fun fact. I've been reading all of them. Fine. All the people in the bride's side at the wedding are all members of Neovardalos' family. Yeah. Nepotism at its finest. That was exactly my... <laughs> Good old nepotism. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that's pretty cool, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do when it's a film about, like, 
a personal experience like that, you're going to use family members. Definitely. So it was written about her family. So why not? Yeah. Who's going to do it better than the people it's based on? It's good that they didn't take offense then. Yeah. Yeah. So Tula is seen at work booking a trip for Doreen Christakos. This is the name of Nia Vardalos's mom. I like this one. It's kind of sad, but it's really cute. So the opening scene where Nia Vardalos and Michael Constantine travel in the early morning to open the restaurant was one of the very last scenes filmed. Vardalos said all of the other cast members had finished their scenes and had left, and so the sadness she and Constantine displayed in the car scene reflected the tearful goodbyes that they had said. Aww. You know, it seems where he's like, like you're old. That scene? No, I don't. I when they're just like when it's early in the morning and they're in the car and, and it's raining. They, yeah, but then he's like, "You're too old" or something like that. I, I don't think that part. I think just the part where they're in the car and then they're opening the restaurant. Okay. Oh, so this is like the one that we were talking about earlier. It had one of the longest theatrical runs for a film in the home video era playing for 52 weeks uh, of which 28 were in wide release 600 plus theaters for reference it played 11 weeks longer than titanic which was the highest grossing domestic release at the time good old titanic never lets me down you just watched that pretty recently i did zach was like why are you watching this like "Eh." you're spiraling about the world (laughs) trying to kill us no i was just like what was I asking you when I texted you? You asked how big the iceberg that sunk the Titanic really was. And then <laughs> I, I said, was like, I don't know. And then you were talking about the volcano that erupted and you were like, the earth's trying to kill us off. <laughs> <laughs> no, Zach was laughing because I was like, if they hit the glacier, the glacier, <laughs> the iceberg head on, would they have survived? And then I was like, why did the engineer decide to only have five compartments and not six? And I was just like spiraling about. And then the whole lifeboat situation. Anyways, yeah. yeah. Titanic. Oh, I learned a new term when I was researching this because they describe John Corbett as a wasp. What's a wasp? White Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Oh, okay. I was like, what the, what the fuck do they just call him? But he's not <laughs> Protestant, right? No. I thought he was Jewish. No, he plays a wasp in the film. Oh, but he's but Jewish, he's right? of Jewish and Irish, I think. Is he Ashkenazi Jew? I think so. No, maybe. I don't know. Most Jews are Ashkenazi. Let me see if I can find the fun fact. You read another one while I find it. Oh, just kidding. I found it. <laughs> Despite okay. playing a wasp, John Corbett is half Irish, half Ashkenazi Jew. But then I think the actress who plays her mother in the film is also of Jewish descent. That makes sense. Yeah. I really thought that this was going to be one of those movies where everybody's Greek, like actually Greek. Mm-hmm. That'd be hard. It would be hard. I think that that's probably a part of the reason that a lot of the people in her wedding party are her family because right you're going to find a big group of greek people it's not unless you go to greece which yeah. it'll be interesting to see the third movie and see how they yeah manage all of that are you going to watch it not in theaters no probably not 
Well, I haven't even seen the second one. In Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, they recorded in Greece. Mm-hmm. That was Alexis Blydell. Blydell? Is that how you say her name? Blydell? Something like that. That was her. Love interest Stavros. Yeah. Yeah. So. That was, was one of Blake Lively's first films. Yeah, I didn't like it. She runs weird for a high-level soccer player. She I runs like somebody who doesn't like run. like that character. Oh. It, it kind of, yeah. Zorba is a boy's name, and it means live each day in Greek. Zorba is the name of the restaurant. Dancing Zorbas. Yeah. But Michael Constantine passed away now. Yeah, that is sad. He was so cute. Because when I saw the preview, for, I didn't even know that he passed away. But when I saw the preview for the third film and she mentioned that her dad had passed away and that his dream was for the whole family to go to Greece, I decided to look him up because I was like, did he actually pass away? And he did. Yeah. So sad. I wonder if they were in talks about a third movie when, like, before he passed, you know? Maybe. He was in the TV show. He was in the second movie. Like, so much of the cast has been in all of the... Yeah. spinoffs and all of the John sequels. Corbett was not in the show though no he wasn't in the show he was the only one not in the show I think yeah alright do you have more fun facts so Fiona Reed who plays Ian's mother in the movie oh, yeah. is actually only 10 years older than him bunt 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 oh it's a cake this cake has a hole in it <laughs> like I fixed your cake no, she put puts flowers. like a flower let's see what else do we have? I don't care about that the ouzo that they drink. Though we have something similar in the Middle East. Well, in my family, it's called arak, and it tastes the same. So, like, my dad doesn't drink it straight up, but what happens is it's very clear. It's made from grapes. Is it mm. made from grapes? It smells like black licorice, but ew. But what my dad does is he'll put ice in a glass, and then he'll put some of this arak in there and then when he adds water to it to dilute it it turns milky yeah weird hmm but I've never had it because I'm like ew black licorice yeah ew so this was the one that I was kind of talking about earlier despite playing Greek characters Lainey Kazan is of shepherdic Jewish descent and Andrea Martin is of Armenian descent oh nice I also read that Andrea Martin had to wear a wig in this movie. Really? Yeah. Does she have to wear a wig in the third one then? I have no idea. Oh, yep. Here it is. Andrea Martin had to wear a plig. A plig. A plig. <laughs> had to wear a wig to play Ed Vula. I cannot read. You just can't speak. Yeah. Like you cray. Let's see. Any others? Now, this one says Lainey... Kazan is of Russian Jewish descent. What is it? What is she? What are what you? What are you? What are you? That makes me think of just friends. Where are you? Lainey Kazan, who plays Maria, in her younger days in New York City, she dated the future boss of the Colombo crime family, Carmine Persico. Okay. Wow. I think that's all I got. Nice. Gia Caritas, who is her cousin, Nikki. She was the mom in Stick It. 
I love when he's introducing the cousins and he's like, Nick, 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 Nicky. <laughs> and I am Gus. And then he goes in for a hug. He's so cute. He is. Oh, I love him. He kind of like your dad. That's why it makes me cry. Yeah. So. That's all the fun facts I got. That's it. That's it. That's all we got. All right. Should we score this thing? Let's do it. Good. I didn't like that. Funny. Give it an eight. I gave it an eight, too. I think it's really funny. Yeah. Acting. Let me pull up my notes. Sorry. Acting. I gave acting an eight as well. Me, too. Yeah, because I thought it was really good. Yeah. Visuals. Mm, I didn't. I get a five because I make it looks fine, but yeah. there's nothing like special about it. It doesn't. I think I let me see. I gave it a six. Yeah. Yeah. I'm anything. like, I don't know Greek culture, but I'm not. There's nothing about it that really goes like, wow, that's Greek. That's exactly. <laughs> like, there's nothing that's like, oh, this is like super '90s or like, wow, that looks great. It's yeah. it's just it's very it's very fine. Yeah, <laughs> like, it looks fine. And then story. I gave it a nine. I gave it an eight. Nice. Yeah. We were very, very similar on this. What's wrong with that? No, it's just surprising. I gave my total score a 7.75. So mm-hmm. yours must have been like... 7.25. Yeah. So I did have a little blurb for the story because okay. I do think that the story, it really like is kind of impressive if you think about it. The way that she obviously didn't reinvent the rom-com wheel with this movie the two people coming from different worlds and those worlds colliding while they fall in love is not the most original thing ever. But I think that the way she did it was pretty fresh and it had a lot of personality and heart like we were talking about earlier. And I think it's very telling that this does, I'm assuming, a pretty good job of conveying and celebrating Greek culture while also not alienating non-Greeks. Right. And finding a way to resonate with a wide range of people. Yeah. And I thought that was, I, I just think it's really impressive when you can make a movie for a certain group of people without alienating everyone else. Yeah. It's kind of like crazy rich Asians. Yeah. Yeah. Like where absolutely. you don't feel alienated, like as a non-Asian, but yeah. you can appreciate the culture and stuff. It's I think celebrated. that it's something that we're kind of running into a lot of the time these days is when you have people like Brie Larson telling people that the movies aren't made for them. Or something. And that's like the worst thing you can do when you're in the movie industry. Is isolate. Yeah. Is like make it for a, such a specific But Brie audience. Larson doesn't own the rights to those movies. Yeah. But saying that like people don't want to support women-led movies, I think one is ridiculous. I think people don't want to support movies that talk down to everyone who's not a woman. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, and I think just having a reason to make the movie beyond just wanting to make money, it shows. Yeah. I think in movies like this. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So. That's our season finale. Yeah. Did you have any weekly obsessions this week? The songs that you were listening to? Oh, Oogum Boogum song. And the Harry Styles song. Late night talking. Oh, he's so good. Yeah, he's very talented. The more songs that come up on my smart shuffle of this album, I'm like, oh, this is actually a really good album. I didn't really give the album much of a listen when it came out. 
Me either. I did have it showing up on my smart shuffle a bunch because I had a hand patient who wanted to listen to Harry Styles. So we listened to that for like an hour and a half during that case. And then that was one of the things where like it added that smart shuffle where it would incorporate songs it thinks you'll like. And it was just recommending songs that I had played. Mine didn't do that. Mine is based off just, but I'm, I'm going to turn it off because I'm like, Harry Styles is fine, but sometimes it'll play something. I'm like, why are you like the other day I was just enjoying my life, listening to emo music. And then it started playing bodies by drowning pool. And I was like, like, I don't know where it was just like, let the bodies hit the floor. And I'm like, okay, that's not in my aesthetic at all. Like, that's like. Yeah. So. And mine is that Daylily song by Movements. Give it a listen. Yeah. Pretty good. I I've just saved it, on, it. I've had it on repeat. The other obsession I've had is Pumpkin Spice. Oh, but, it's about that time. But it's not the latte. It's actually the pumpkin cream cold brew from Starbucks. It's mm. really good because it comes with pumpkin cream cold foam. Mm, okay. You've been a fan of that cold foam stuff, though, too, right? The sweet the sweet foam or whatever it's called. Not as much those anymore, but the pumpkin cream. But you cream, used to be used into to be, them, yeah. But pumpkin cream one. Zach tried to buy me the syrup, the pumpkin pie syrup. Like, mm-hmm. Tarani makes it. Yeah. And I literally opened it the other day, and I was like, it smells like poison. And then I like, it tastes like medicine. Like, Ew. it's just not good. So I'm like, guess I'm just going to have to go to Starbucks and get their cold foam. Yeah. <laughs> what? I was going to say, do you want one of the pumpkin spice seasoning things that I have? I have Ew, two no. of them. No, thanks. Okay. All right. I appreciate it. I bought them it. for you. Whatever. Actually, for they're me. really. Yeah. One of, one of them, I think, is from when I made you those pumpkin waffles. Well, that was when we first became friends, so that's a problem. You need to throw that yeah, away. Maybe I, mm. I learned from Amanda at work that spices do expire. Okay. So I'll throw it out. All right. But also the pumpkin spice seasoning is really good on sweet potatoes if you're roasting them, which I know you're not a big sweet potato fan. It's like you don't even know me. You're making these suggestions that are Did awful. I say Atrocious. you should do it? Atrocious. You know, you're not the only one that I'm talking to right now, Rita. We have an audience. One person. Hi, Jen. <laughs> and Amanda. Hi, Amanda. And maybe... We have no, nobody maybe, else maybe that's it. to this. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Anyway. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Box Office Brunch so that I can not post and you don't know when we're posting. And email us your thoughts and recommendations at boxofficebrunch at gmail.com. Okay, bye. We will see you for Halloween. Oh, gosh. Bye. Bye. Can I get a mimosa? This is the one.